Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another week of The Scoop presented by Global Drive Network. I am Winfred Burns, your co-host, and I'm glad to be here. I hope you are too. Do me a favor before we get started uh, and let your friends and family know. Go ahead and post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any of your social media accounts that it is time for the scoop, so they need to tune in. Before we get started, let me go ahead and say what's up to my co-host, Mr. Keisha. I think I need a new song now that she like royalty or something. Um, but Hello. Mr. Keisha Booth, how you doing? How you doing? Like, do I have to call you something? I'm amazing. Do I got to call you a special again. name? I said, do I have to no. call you something special? Like, you royalty or, like, queen of whatever? Oh, no. I don't need no Elbay. But I've always been a queen either way. Okay. <laughs> no. yeah, I'm just saying we got to call you something. Okay. I was making sure, you know, there wasn't, like, a special name or something we're supposed to call you now. Now that you were, like, an official and all that. So, you know. Yeah. But congratulations, ma'am. Yes. Thank congratulations. you. You're very welcome. You're thank very you, welcome. Good you. to have you. Good to have you, Mr. Q. I'm ready to do it. Good. Ms. Q, what's going on with you tonight, ma'am? Like, I don't have a song for you, Shaquille. So See, like, <laughs> you supposed to have a song for Keila. I don't. No, we, Shaquille, I, I don't have a song for Shaquille yet. I'm sorry, we go. I'm gonna need gonna everybody that. that's listening to research a song he can sing for Keila. Yeah, we go. I don't know if it's gonna be, gonna be a, my black is beautiful or something. Well, you yeah, not soul see, glow because yeah. she don't sell soul glow product. <laughs> <laughs> soul glow. That's <laughs> <laughs> But it's good to have her, and we're going to go ahead. So before we go ahead and get started, y'all know what we do. We're going to go ahead and squad up.
to this show to try and bring a different perspective than what we're used to discussing. Um, I listen to what we talk about in our in, in the Scoops page. If you're not there, let us know. We'll be sure to add you, by the way. Um, I talk about what we, I look at what we talk about on our Scoop group and in different conversations that I have with my friends and fam, and I come up with I want to talk about these things because we don't get deep down into the why of enough of what goes on in our relationships. We just are cool with the fact that they don't work. So I know sometimes people might wonder why it's always, you know, seems like I've got um, something relationship-wise. This is the thing that lights my fire. So I like the fact that we get to dig when we, when we talk on the show. So anyway, so we're talking about fear of commitment. So I was listening, I was reading an article this week and it stated how <clears throat> a lot of men aren't necessarily afraid of commitment. There's often a lot of, when we get to a certain age and to a certain status, there becomes marriage conversation where we are automatically, once we've hit a certain timeline or a certain number of milestones within a, in a relationship, now we have to have the talk or we start hinting around what type of rings we like or when we're going to take the next step, and I'm doing the air quotes like super hard right now, <laughs> we're doing the next step in the relationship and for us as women, that can often be like the goal. You know, mm-hmm. we you know we've got mm-hmm. anthems about it. We've got you know you know mm-hmm. the put the ring on it. We've got things that you know you don't get mm-hmm. the, the milk without buying the cow. All of these things that happen, mm-hmm. and the men, our men know that. <laughs> All right, men corner is on fire tonight. I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's good. I love that. That's that's what's up. So, um, you know, we we have all of these things and all of this pressure, and I'm just going to call it what it is, all of this pressure for a man to seek, find, capture, <laughs> and hold on to this woman so that he can make an honest woman out of her. And, every time, and as soon as we, um, as a... As a uh, there's an understanding because there are quite a few women, especially in this day and age, who are not necessarily in a race for the ring. But as a whole, it's understood that that is generally the goal for women in general. We are trying to marry, make babies, move on with life, okay? So that's the mode, that's the mode that I'm speaking on from right now. So what the article basically discussed was fellas will get into a relationship. They will be madly in love. They are happy-go-lucky with this woman. They put the ring on it. Things are good. The marriage, pro- the the whole wedding process starts, and all of a sudden, couples fall out of touch. Okay, and the planning and the process of getting ready for this this wedding, um, they lose touch because now the the devil is in the details. We're worried about the future so much. Every conversation is surrounded by what we're going to do, who's going to be there, who's coming, how awesome is it going to be, how mad am I because this person didn't do what I needed to do. Like there's all these discussions about this preparation for the future where we often forget about what's going on in the present to the point where in a man's mind, we as okay, first of all, we as women, let me give you fellas insight into why this happens from our point of view and a lot of the times where it comes off as a bridezilla, okay? Once we as women get to a certain point in our lives, we get a certain amount of pressure also, especially when our girlfriends, sisters, homegirls, you know, everybody starts getting married. Mm-hmm. And we're, we might be low on last of the Mohicans when that's, as far as that's concerned. So there's a certain um, stopwatch that we put ourselves on that's the social stopwatch that we start to 
start to be once we announce, once we post that first selfie with that ring and let it on that awesome finger and everyone knows that it's done, then that's when the girlfriend, the girlfriend circle gets going and we need to know all the details. And if you don't know the details and if you're not in a rush for the details, something's wrong, okay? So that's kind of the, mind, the mindset that the woman gets in. Plus, it's our day. Like, we've been waiting since we were little bitty girls to do this. So we get excited and we get sometimes it goes overboard, okay? Admittedly, so let's just be honest, it goes a little less sometimes. Now, ladies, from what these fellas in this article and with the few men that I've spoken with this about since my reading this article, because I like to do real-world examples as well, fellas hear all of this prep and all of the details and all of the, the anxiety that is surrounding this day, and it, and it sends off all of those, the committee in his head goes crazy. Like, it is a man-down situation. There's a shutdown. It's too much emotion, too many. And, and I'm saying that in all, in all respect because it's just too much that happens where they almost forget who he, he forgets who he is in a way and what role he plays in this whole thing because this, all of this is totally outside of his realm and his, box, his words become, yes, babe, whatever you want, babe. Okay, babe. Yep. How much? Okay. Is that what you want? Okay. Like, it becomes a drone on of whatever it is that she wants, and he loses somewhat of his identity in that process. And, honey, that groom's cake and letting him choose his boot mirror and tie colors does not count, okay? Not saying he wants to pick out the invitations and all and, and get beat down like your girlfriend, but those Nothing things are over with. Nothing like, that's above. not enough. None of the above. <laughs> None of the above. You don't want to do none of that one? None of the above. You're going to leave you out of it all together, huh? <laughs> Listen, just show up. I'll just show up. Tell me what you want me to wear, yeah. what colors. I'll show up with the rain. That's it. I, think, I can't speak to this personally because I didn't have a big wedding. I did not. We went to the courthouse. We had a party afterwards. Things were great. You know, life went on. That was not a big deal for me to have to go through all of that. We even discussed doing it for our 10-year wedding anniversary. And, again, like, I wasn't here for the anxiety. Like, after a while, I was like, you know what? The money I'm going to spend feeding folks and going through all that stress and dress and doing all that, I could go and take me a week vacation and be happy. And that's exactly what we did and had no, it all. And it was no, awesome. you can take a – for the amount that it costs for a wedding, you can take a month's vacation. See, I'm not doing that. That was never on the agenda for me. Like, I was never prepared to spend that type of money for a wedding. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but that's me. You know what I mean? That's, that's me and how I, how I do. But I will say that I have witnessed some extreme situations where relationships have ended between the husbands and wives, like the fiancé and, and groom, like friendships have ended. It's gotten crazy. But I think, getting back to my point, because, you know, this whole wedding conversation can go left, period, and I want your perspective on this win and I hush. Um, like, we can often forget the whole point of why you're coming and going through all of this in the, in the first place. And that's where a lot of men will end up right after asking or somewhat early on in the process of the marriage will say, you know what, we're growing apart. That's often the reason why men will say, I'm done, like I need some space. Or that's, that's the thing, I need some space. We just need to take a break. And it's not a necessarily a break from you as the woman. It's a break from all of this that's going on. Like that's the time that in the, in the article even is that we need to slow down. So when is that something that you think um, is – is one true? Do you think that the I need to take a break is more or less I need to take a break from this 
as a as instead of you as the the potential mate. Or is it sometimes, you know what, I realize that you don't do so well in this situation, in these pressures, this types of situations, and I might be cool on you. Um, yeah, I'll start with that because that was a mouthful. Um, how do you yeah, feel about true. that? I, it's true. I think that we we realize a lot of times that we don't want the – we don't – yeah, the stuff that y'all go through is a little too much. And so when we say we take a break, a lot of times is we want to release the pressure. Like, listen, there's too much pressure right now. We, we, you know, we're doing too much for this one day that, you know, often what happens is, and I'm channeling Rashad here when I say this, is, you know, that mm-hmm. we spend so much emphasis on the wedding that we don't put enough emphasis on the marriage. And, you know, because the, the truth be told, the wedding isn't for y'all. Like, the wedding isn't for you all. The wedding is for the people, the guests. The guests get the benefit of the wedding. You just get the bill. And then that's the other part of it is a lot of times we don't really realize how much this stuff costs, and then all of a sudden now we become uh, ATMs, you know, and right. it's like, wait a second. I I wouldn't – wait, I was just wanting something – you know, you're like, well, I just want something. Most guys are like, I just want something small and nice for our family. No, I want to invite everybody. And they say, uh-huh. wait a minute, hold on, at, at $40 a plate, um, everybody gets kind of expensive at the receipt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially when I can't recognize everybody. I don't even know who these people are. Yeah. I don't know who your uncle is. I've never met your cousin. I don't know all these. Like, you haven't seen this person since second grade, and you want to, well, I promised them in second grade that they would be, you know, uh-huh. be at my wedding. It's like, but you haven't talked to them since second grade. So it's just a right. lot of stress. And we just like, you know what? I'm good. I need a break. A lot of it, again, it's just the stress, it's the undo, it's the pressure. Again, it's the money because these things are expensive. Mm-hmm. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. They're expensive. Like, I mean, expensive. Like buying pay for a car expensive. <laughs> like, like in full. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, $20, $30. Seriously, if you think about it, $30 a plate per person. And that's just the food. Like, everything costs. Like, bubbles. My God, bubbles <laughs> are expensive. Did you know bubbles? Did y'all know bubbles were expensive? Yeah, because you, you have to have the little bitty cute metallic bubble bottles that have the little sticker with your name and your save the date with the cute little wedding oh bells hanging from them. Yes, yeah. Oh bubble God. bottles bubbles. are expensive. And then, and then like, then you got to give gifts for all of your bridesmaids and groomsmen. Like you don't think about that. You don't think about socks. Like you supposed, you know, you want to get. It's like, oh my god, this is and flowers and real flowers. <laughs> I'm having a panic attack just thinking about all that stuff. From you. But yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're trading in, and then you're trading in your wedding gifts to pay the rent the next month because you, you know, crazy. Yeah. So basically, Keisha, you on, but what do you think? How I know that there is now on the flip of the whole it's the thing, the wedding is too much. How I, I often think that this I after reading it I said, Okay, I get that. I get how the wedding can be a whole lot. But do we also I'm on the flip of that I had to think if we can't deal with a little wedding pressure, is that not a different test 
that we have to deal with, like, as a woman, if that's the reason and rationale that we've been given as to why we have to potentially end our future together because this wedding stress has been too much. And from a woman's standpoint, I kind of had to look at that and be like, really? Really? Like, really? So, Takesha, is that kind of how you, you saw that, or can you see the side of where that can be a bit a bit much altogether? Well, I guess. I mean, to me, it's no different than any other um, stressful situation. Like buying a house. I'm sure you can find studies that say the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you are going through the process of purchasing a house and making sure that it's right, if y'all don't have the exact same idea or understanding about it, it can be stressful. And in that stress, um, somebody's going to want to walk away. Man, because ladies are always overthinking and processing and reprocessing and coming back to process, and then we're going to think about it some more, and we're going to reprocess it, <laughs> and we're going to process again. Right. Yeah. And you, know so, what? Oh. you know what, to your point, Keisha, that's actually pretty interesting. But the diff- you know what the difference is? A house, we feel like we can get through this because we're going to keep the house. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the wedding right. is like, you know what I mean? Like the wedding is like it's over after four hours. Like it's over four hours And we just done paid No it's not because I'll pay on it like a year later If you do it mm-hmm. We got I'm some sorry. pictures And some frozen <laughs> cakes that we can thaw out And eat <laughs> yeah. And the remaining That better be a super banging party Yeah And the bubbles <laughs> <laughs> Better save them bubbles for your first baby's birthday party And spread the love I'm, telling I'm trying to tell you Huh and then wait, like and, then that write, one, wait. and then you got to write thank you cards to everybody who came and ate your thirty dollars of plate food. I'm thank you for coming yeah, to eat and yeah. drink on me. Thank you for that. Part I wasn't here for like, ten years later. That part is what I was not here for. Easter soup money to come to your wedding. See, this is what you're thanking them for. Because uh, they went to go spend Easter soup money to come to your wedding. Unless you no, have because it's like some of mine. Look, you get cards. You get a birthday <laughs> get cards. You get cards with a twenty five dollar check or you know, and again I'm not complaining about that that's all you got, that's all you got. I'm not but I mean, you know, if you just look at it strictly from a business investment, I just done dropped twenty thousand dollars and I ain't get my return on my investment. You do get your return and your wife, your loving wife. And the love that y'all get to continue to share throughout the years, and the family's recognition of of said love. Neither, to me, I don't care at all about the second part. I'm blinking real yeah, hard. I don't. I'm supposed to know that. I'm blinking real hard right now. He's like, uh, yeah. But you know, without spending without spending twenty thousand. But no, I mean, I'm just again. They're expensive. They could be really expensive. And if you're not ready for it, you know, I think that's the other part of it is like you don't prepare for that kind of stuff physically. So, you know, it's like, wait a minute, how much this stuff costs? Like, there's not like the things you'd like to cook out. But the they daddy's supposed to pitch in when their daughters get married. Did that end the time and I ain't know? Oh, that's been over, honey. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't that's really been over. I don't think that's, 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 been that's, been that's out of the ordinary type stuff when the daddy does it. I, no, I, like talking to my, I, I think. I don't know if the, uh, somebody helps. I don't know. Been I guess it's over for some families because that's not over for everybody. I know some people who, you know, some daughters whose fathers intend to 
at least put on half of the situation. But I think you know, I would I would love to be able to do that for my daughters. I would love for mm-hmm. us to be able to you know help in some way with that 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 has not been the process that I've seen happen in a whole whole lot of my my sister friend situations. I don't think that's not nearly as expected as it used to be. Um, I was talking with my my cousin actually we had to to get a different perspective on this and. Um, he said that he's actually spoken with some of his friends in his circles, and they say sometimes they think it would be best if the date is not set until the details have been figured out. So that there's not so much of a pressure point that you're reaching. You're more or less um, filling in the details, deciding exactly what it is that you want. Like venue, cool. Pick a season that you want to get married in and have that be the goal. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do it immediately. Say, we want a fall wedding. Cool. Find us a venue that's going to be open in the fall. Set a little, get a little block or put a little date there. Cool. But then at that point, you know, you can have that area, a tentative something set up, but then have the time to pick out your colors, pick out your, your this, that, and the other, your little details, get your girls together, decide who's going to make the cut, who doesn't. You know, get your real budget together and then start putting it together so when it's all said and done, you're not thinking, oh, we got this, like, that date becomes, um, it kind of looms over. And then everyone is holding you to this. If you said, hey, we're going to have a spring wedding, then in a year from now we'll have a spring wedding, we'll let you know. Then that you all can have that that time to, to build those details and, and, and deal with the small things together so you can pace it out and it might be a little more comfortable and not so overwhelming for the both of you as you go through that process. What do you think about that, Wynn? Do you think just kind of keeping things kind of kind of free until you figure out the, the, the bones of what you're trying to do, do you think that's a, a smart way to look at it? I think that would be okay, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like you said, you <laughs> all about the date. Y'all have been planning. Y'all have been planning. This. I'm, I'm not being funny. Every man I know. Um, who has gotten married, like, they just literally were told, I want a fall wedding, and I want this, and I want that, and these are the colors I want, and I want this many bridesmaids, and I want to wear It's like, oh, okay. And like you said, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. Because that's what you all want, and, and we want to give it to you, but... Again, sometimes it's just too much. Do you want a big wedding or a small wedding? I want a big wedding. But I want a small wedding. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, that's how it goes. Small wedding, like, okay, no problem. Well, I want to wear, well, I always wanted to wear, you know, like, no, no, I want to see you in a white tux with a blue cummerbund. Okay, I'll wear it. That's fine. That's what we're going to do. That's literally You might want to wear your J's. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. I want women to no, we're not doing that. Because when I was a kid, when I was a girl, I thought I'm telling you, it's just that's how it happens. That's how it happens. I ain't gonna lie. I had my whole color scheme planned from like sixteen till about twenty six, and then I woke up and said, "Color scheme, Pippin, I can wear this every day. I don't need to have a wedding to work <laughs> what I love." And then I started thinking about who my real friends was. Now I'm thirty six. I got three. I'm sorry, five. <laughs> um, and we all vacationing, you know what I'm saying? So if, if something mm-hmm. like that was to ever happen, I'm planning a trip with the homegirls and getting it in, and it is what it is. I'm not even, if you can't kick it with me, I'm not going to spend the kick it with you. 
Period. Point blank. So if you ain't seen me in 10 years, please don't expect an invitation. Man, man, man. I'm just going to keep it 100. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, it, it is a thing, but I, I would encourage us, especially as we're going, if we're getting ready to go into that type of situation, to look at um, look at the climate and the tone, kind of keep an idea. Don't get so caught up in the details that you don't remember to have check-ins with one another, to make sure that you all are on the same page, like have no wedding details days or, you know, wedding-free weekends, you know what I mean? Something like that where the you spend time together and you turn off all things wedding-related or if it's another type of situation that is causing that kind of stressor for you all, an inevitable, whether a house purchase or anything like that. There are times you can turn it off and reconnect in ways that have nothing to do with the stressor, and then that way you might not be as stressed when you come back and have to deal with the thing that you have to deal with. So. That was my little two cents on the night. This was a, it was a really cool read um, and gave me a different perspective and I had some good conversations because of this particular article. Um, with that being said, we are going to move into our um, new song of the night, which I am like super excited about because uh, Stan the Connect Man is my brother-in-law. He is my favorite rapper. If he was not my brother-in-law, he would still be my favorite rapper. Um, this brother has been grinding for more than a decade um, between here in Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Colorado, Kansas City, Cali, like your boy has been working and he's been um, doing it the right way, really, really, really grinding independently. He has his team with him and like I'm really, really proud to know this dude. So what we're getting ready to do is debut When I Want To by my brother, Fan the Connect Man. Let's go.
You do you ever? No. Don't come back with a headache though. Don't go on vacation me, and definitely. bring us back a headache now. Pass me, on that. I told you. I, no, 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 no. I'm me. I'm not. Listen, I ain't got nobody to go on vacation with. I'm. Mm-mm. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-mm. You ain't about to get me in trouble. Nope. Team single. <laughs> nope. It don't. You don't need nobody. Nope. You can just be you and Jesus. Oh. Or you can do like I did and take. And take your baby or something. <clears throat> <laughs> Listen, Trey, I go somewhere with Trey, I definitely come back with some phone numbers. That's for sure. You tr- oh, you yeah, he's going to come back with a few, too. You're right. Trey, pull him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trey, pull him. Don't nobody be looking at you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They be looking at, at him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, but anyway. Yeah, Right, let us sit. Go ahead, sis. <laughs> so tonight, I wanted to look at this article um, that discussed something that is important and relevant to me, uh, being somebody who has had a whole lot of psychological training and and a love for it and a passion for it, and it's just natural. So this um, article that I was reading is called A Black Psychologist's Clinical View of Violence in Policing Matters. Um. So, Norman Johnson, who's a black clinical psychologist in Philadelphia, we have a lot of those. I believe that's where Umar is from. Mm-hmm. I had to pause and see if Keela's blood was mm-hmm. on boil. Um, mm-hmm. I'm molecular down here. <laughs> but, uh, um, he begins to discuss, like, the, the basic stress that is associated with being a police officer that really starts. <clears throat> Um, in their training and how really they are psychologically trained to have uh, a negative fight or flight response, which is something that they could have completely avoided, but they didn't in the training. Um, he said basically um, someone who... He, he was working with uh, someone who has a background in policing with the military. And they said that someone put a gun to his head and they just told him he was a bad guy. Um, but the person who had the gun was actually a federal officer. So they don't really pay attention to the fact that there's enough stress in being trained to be a police officer, but then it gets compounded when you are on the street. So um, their fight or flight response in those moments when you're being trained to immediately respond regardless of the situation. Because if you don't respond fast enough, that's what they poke at you with. You know, um, you should have been quicker than that. You don't give them time. And see, if that's what I'm trying to do, and then I get out here and I'm under stress because uh, I know my boss is embezzling this amount of money, or my they they gave me the worst partner in the unit, or you know I got the nerve to be walking around with this badge in this community, and I know they set him up to go, you know, so it's a very stressful job. So this really, to me, is more of a a support for the idea that 
the police are just pro- not properly trained. And maybe if we can get some adjustments to that training, then mm-hmm. maybe we can make some changes to these negative outcomes. Because they were, I mean, even discussing the fact that they are trained uh, to, <clears throat> you know, to use institutional racism. Duh. Mm-hmm. You know, but of course nobody wants to admit that they're racist, but they're trained to be this way. Mm-hmm. You know, now when so you say they're trained to be that way, why do you say it? what do you what what makes what makes because you you are given directives on how to visually spot a uh, someone who's a potential suspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trained on how so, to a potential subject, and those, how can I put this, the descriptions would match 75% of the people in a area that is urban and populated, then it would, and then it would only match 10% of the people that's in a non-urban area, although the people that are in the non-urban area are just as likely. Then I'm going in the urban area, and I'm going to run into way more people who fit that description, right? And how do I classify it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's usually what they've used as the reason for why so many people have died. Is Oh, they fit the description of, if you got white tee and jeans on, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I see that. But the interesting part, I think, the interesting part about that is, you know, in my in my line of work, it's kind of interesting because um, they put people, they try to mirror the people who work in in financial services and banking. So they used to, I used to always get frustrated because you would go, you would know the type of neighborhood you were in by who worked there, and it would frustrate me because you would see an all black staff. In places where it was all that black neighborhood, you go to a Asian area, you see a predominantly or all Asian. You know what I mean? And you would see that, and that used to frustrate me because in my in my um, line of work, those typically also have to do with you know with wealth as well, and so that was a little different. Typically, not all the time, but in this instance, it seems like that that might actually be a good thing if. Even though you were taught those things, you were um, more alive with the community that you were going to be policing. So that way you understood, even if they told you that you understood just because a young man has his pants pulled down, don't make him a thug. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think I, I wonder how much of that plays a part of it or if they even do that enough to the point where, you know, where that could kind of help. The other thing I think about is at some point, I don't know how long, um, officers are on the street, but if this raises and you're constantly in that type of position where your um, uh, um, your flight or flight response is heightened, at some point, you know, shouldn't you be put off of the street for a little while just so you can kind of relax that? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah, because at some point, wouldn't that affect your mental <clears throat> capacity and stress? To a point where you no longer can really control that. I mean, again, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. But I would think that after a while, under a certain amount of pressure, that it would either make you bust or it would make you, you know, say, okay, I need to step back until I can handle this. So maybe you just sit on the desk for a little while or be on the street for a year and be on the desk for a year. I don't know. I'm just 
throwing stuff throwing stuff out. I mean, I, I think totally if that becomes you. I think if that becomes built into the process, then that'll work. But if you ask an officer to voluntarily voluntarily say, "Look, this is too much. I need to be on the desk for a while," then that's <laughs> going to put that officer's advancement. I think they have a fear. Even if it does, if it's not a reality, there's a perception that those who want to get ahead will be the ones who will work the clock, the clock, that will do the extra shifts, that will get the hard things, that will go to the harder neighborhoods and, you know, tough it, rough it out, and prove that they're super cop, and that's what's supposed to get them all this awesome advancement. That's like, you know, who, although it's the safe thing to do, although it's the right thing to do, it's the most self-care-ish thing that we can do in any job. Who wants to be the one to come to the boss and say, look, this is getting to me. It's too much. I need a break. Like that, that becomes more of a pride thing. And that's where we have to ask Mm -hmm. ourselves, what's the most important? Do we care more about advancing in this position or do we care more about our overall health as a person and how well I'm doing my job overall? Because we all know, especially as citizens and, and especially in the culture that we've got in our country right now, we know how important it is to go into that particular job with this clear mind, objectiveness that's going to allow you to look at things, you know, clearly and make good judgments. So we know how important it is to be able to say those things. But what is the real, how much in reality do we think a person is really going to go in and say, look, this is too much, I need to really take a break? Yeah, and I don't see that. I think if it was a part of the system that that might help. Again, I'm just looking at it strictly from, you know, the standpoint of if this is a, you know, if this is a psychological issue that is breaking them down and a part of, you know, why we're having some of the problems we have. I mean, again, it's the same thing mm-hmm. I would think like in, in in war. I mean, if somebody goes to the Army after a while of being, you know, in active duty um, or being, you know, in the front line, there were times, I don't know if it's still the case, where, you know, you can only be there for a certain amount of time, then you need to go home mm-hmm. for a little while or come back to, you know, base for a little while to kind of get yourself together, get more training, see your family for, you know, whatever, and then come back where you can get out there. I just, I'm looking at it from that angle because, again, the long-term effects, you know, even in the military we've seen where, you know, that can cause PTSD, uh, mm-hmm. and other psychological issues, and I mean, I would not be surprised if a lot of the people who, especially, had been in um, some very high crime areas, did not have you know those types of things, PTSD, and, oh for sure, and other stuff like that. So I don't know. That's a pretty good. Issue. That made me think, Takesha. I, I got I got to think about that one. I mean, because just sitting here though, and this is what I you know I'm always leaning in this direction. Just sitting here. There are three areas that we touched on that probably need to be reviewed. Training, <laughs> the population yeah. of police matching the population of the people, and them yeah. being in rotation to being on the street versus, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because I think the wives of police officers would appreciate knowing that for six mm-hmm. months, their husband is not out there about yeah. to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... The, if if they're really looking for solutions, if we could come up with it, I know they can. I just believe it, although I think I'm a, a wonderful scholar, you know, uh, so yeah. maybe they can. <laughs> and, again, I think yeah. that you're right, Keisha, but I think that might be pride also because if all of a sudden all these precincts start, like pride as the police in general, like if all of a sudden they start fixing 
the system that's in way admitting that it's broken? And that's the question that every, no one wants to really admit the answer is, is true. Like, the fact that people are saying that the system is broken is factual. It is absolutely right. factual. But those within the system feel that that's a personal blight against them. When, honestly, the average police, police officer has not been in the, the, the system long enough to have affected the type of change that's happening that needs to be changed at this point. So it's almost like you didn't break it. You're just dealing with it. So now at this point, who's going to be man enough to say, or woman enough, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Who's going to have yeah. enough to say, look, <clears throat> this is broken, let's fix it. Because you're, they even know. Like we watch endless clips over and over and over on television where they say, if we just did this, well, how, how hard is it to just do that? Like it's obvious. You can see this right here. Like we yell and scream and throw stuff at our TV screens nightly knowing that there is a fix for this. But it takes someone at the top to, to say, you're right, it needs to change. Let's do it. And, like, really be adamant about doing it and not allowing themselves to be bought off as soon as you get off the cameras, to, you know, be told, shh, you know, if we do this, this person's going to get pulled out. Just, dude, just fix it. Just fix it. Just yeah. get it done and let's, let's fix it because it's killing people. People are dying. And it's going to be something that you can't fix if this keeps going. Like, it's going to get to a point where – it's gonna, hey, fix it. I should just do that. Sorry, I'm a hush, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, you are absolutely it right. It is. It's time to find a fix and look at other options. I agree. For real. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Agree. You agree? I agree. <laughs> Let's fix it. Seriously, the truth of it was, I'm just tired of seeing people get killed, man. I'm just tired of mm. it, man. And and can I can I can I can I be real? I'm yep. tired of it. Go ahead, don't be fake. I'm I'm tired of it uh, <laughs> on all sides. I'm tired of um I'm tired of people getting killed. I'm tired of not being able to have a, a legitimate discussion about it because on both sides you have way too many um Bias. irrational biased no. Um, non-subjective people who, in my opinion, get a kick out of seeing the division and the unity. Um, and again, mm-hmm. are there some people who, who are bad and need to be? No doubt. But I just find it hard to believe that that we have sunk to a new low where when we see this many young uh, African-American boys being shot, that, shot and killed, that it does, just does not affect um, even the good majority of even white and um, Latino and Asian America. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it bothers them just as much as they bother the majority of them. They just don't say it because, like to Shaquille's point, what do you do? You know, I think, what do you do? And so, you know, we got on both sides, we got some work to do. And I'm, I'm just, I'm really, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of not being able to just say, like you said, listen, what are the solutions? Let's deal with solutions. Mm-hmm. And for those mm-hmm. who don't, and for those who don't, I was talking to a lady a couple months back, and she was talking about um, a lot of the the violence and things that's happening in an area that's close to where we live um, that's not Chicago. And she made a statement. She's an older uh, white lady. She said, you know, this has been going on a, a long time, but nobody's going to do anything about it until um, white boys start getting shot. And when she said it, I just, like, stopped and looked, and I'm like, she's right. 
but I was just so uh-huh. shocked that she said it. Like, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm in the room and I'm going, yeah, but that's, that's not true. Right. But it, um, I, 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 mean, I, I think, feel like I think it's true. When we finally get consistent, then we can have that. Our problem is we we worry too much about other stuff. But well, when you say I'm referring to I'm referring to the country as a whole. I'm saying that the right. country as a whole can have this debate. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's a matter. I think again. I think it, it becomes a, any time that it starts affecting um, white America. To be honest, at a point, it becomes for the most part, it becomes an issue. And we can have all this other but, stuff going on, but it's, it, they'll fix it. They'll 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 talk about it. In my opinion, I guess. I mean, but even when it does, by the time it finally affects white America, guess who gets more sanctioned? It ain't white America. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, who, that's, that's true. It, it, the more, you know, it, I don't know. But, yeah. No, I, I agree. I completely opinion. agree with that part. I do, <laughs> because it's almost it's almost like, who was it? Kev on stage posted, did you see his video the day talking about some quit, quit, uh, what did he say? Quit discovering things that, that black people have been doing uh-huh. for years. Did you see that one? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, this has been affecting us for years. Why all of a sudden now you, you know, you know about it. It's, I think it's the same thing. Like, like this ain't new, y'all. Y'all do know we've been saying this for 20 years, and now because, again, it affects you, it hits your right. neighborhood, it hits your street, it affects your side. All of a sudden, now it's a national crisis, and mm-hmm. we got to all stop trying to help you fix this. I feel like consistency would be leaps and bounds for us as a people. That is what we need to get us on board is consistency, us to stick, find something and stick with it. I think mm-hmm. the big picture is going to need non-brown people affected. Um, and, again, that might not even necessarily be just white America. Like, <clears throat> to what you what you led with, your point that you led with, that there's not enough Asians, there's not enough Hispanics, there's not enough other minorities that are affected and and upset by what's happening for us. So we can get crunk all day, we can march, we can work, we can do all of those things. Not to say that those things are not beneficial for us. That's a part of our building our consistency and unity within the house. However, it is yeah. going to take someone and people that don't look like us to join in with us to allow these things to happen. And I know that it sounds crazy. I know that it does not sound as part of the the, the, the collective. We got to do this. It's just us. It didn't get done just us to get this far. And, you know, we can have a whole other debate about how, <clears throat> who did what to get us where we are. But I don't feel that I know that there's there's a very good reason why Martin Luther King went and had those conversations with who he did and went to those rooms and had those backdoor conversations because he needed those people to get on board. Malcolm X did the same thing. He might not have been the one that was super super, you know, but he had to have those conversations. There still is a level of understanding that has to be met between all sides for that to happen. So there needs to be unity, there needs to be collectiveness order within ourselves. True. We need that yeah, consistency, yeah. but there's no got to be some change no that doubt. happens on the outside for us to move forward no overall. Doubt. No <clears throat> doubt. Okay, I think. No yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a complex issue, though. Like I say, it's a very complex issue. So you can, you know, very complex. 
Yeah, and so we're just going to piece it together every once in a while. Uh-huh. It's okay. Uh, right, right. Between, between, you know? Between, between Pokemon, Pokemon Go and... Uh, Don't you and start that. Don't even start. No. No. We're going to move right on past he done Pokemon just, Go. He done just ruined the conversation. So on that note, we is going to the bishop. Um, we are going to hear <laughs> the song by Bishop Kendrick. Yeah. Fly high, can you fly high? I don't know if you can fly high. Don't be missing me when I kick the bucket, because I ain't going to be tripping on none of y'all. I'm going somewhere way better than this.
All right. That is Fly High by Bishop Kendrick. So we've got a um, treat for, and it's called Fly High, excuse me. Uh, so we got a treat for you tonight. Uh, we are joined by um, one of my my sisters, Miss Shanika Canty. She is an author out of uh, New York, um, and she has written a book, uh, her most recent book, called A Lesson Learned. Um, so you've heard about it uh, for the last several weeks on the show, and so we decided to bring her on just to kind of give us and uh, talk to us about this book um, as well as uh, some of the other things that she is going on. So welcome to The Scoop, uh, Shanika. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, so real quick, so why don't you tell our listening audience um, a little bit about yourself um, and a lesson learned. Okay, well, hello, everyone, and thank you all for having me again. My name is Shanika Canty. I am a Amazon two-time best-selling author. I am located in Brooklyn, New York. I am also a creative clarity coach and the founder of a Christian singles network called Successful Singles Network. All right. So how did you get – yeah, that's a lot of stuff. How did did you get into uh, – tell us about writing. Um, What is – how did you get into it? How did this become a passion for you? Well, actually, it was through my great friend, my best friend, sister in Christ, Loretta Morris White, who was also a author and a writer. And mm-hmm. it was I was at a point in my life about uh, I would say about late 2014, and I was going through a situation in my love life, and I needed an outlet. So she said, "Shanika, why mm-hmm. don't you write?" I said, "I don't feel confident enough to do it." So um. We collaborated on our first book, which was released um, on November 11th last year. It was our first bestseller. It was called Business of Love. That um, is actually what inspired Kena and Tyler, A Lesson Learned. I wrote um, like a spinoff book about my characters that I wrote about in Business of Love. So that's how the book came about. I mean, now it's like writing has just took on a life of its own. Some days I'm just like, Lord, how did I get here? Because some days I be wanting to throw my laptop against the wall. Because I'm like, hey, it's not flowing together. And a lot of people think it's easy because I'm, I am a creative clarity coach and I work with a lot of writers and speakers and stuff of that nature. But it can get a little overwhelming at times, especially writing fiction. And it's like I have to put myself in each and every one of these characters and I'm maybe writing with, like, writing about, like, four different characters at a time. But all glory to God, he gives me the patience that I need to get through it. Mm-hmm. So tell us, so what are you, so if you were, and don't give us all your secrets, but just tell us one secret that you might have for, um, or one thing that someone can do if they wanted to write but are not, you know, not sure or get stuck. What could What could they do? I would just say just keep flowing. Whatever is on your heart, write. The best thing I've discovered as being a writer that I tell some of my clients I work with, it's your writing. Can't nobody tell you it's right or wrong. You have to be confident enough to trust your creativity and what you're putting out. If you're not confident in it, which brings about perfect execution, that's all that matters. You have to believe in yourself. 
and your story has to touch you personally. You really have to put yourself in the shoes of your reader or the target market that you're trying to reach. So that's one piece of advice I would definitely tell any new author is to just trust your creativity. This is your creation, and can't nobody tell you it's right or wrong. Okay, so you said that, that, well, I'm just going to ask the question. Your motivation is what when you're writing? Um, It's just trusting my own creativity and knowing that I have the power to create whatever it is that I want to create and can't no one tell me it's right or wrong. Mm, Okay. So you own it. You own your creativity Mm -hmm. and your writing. Yes. Okay. So have you ever had a moment where you just got completely blocked and couldn't write what you were feeling? Yes, I am actually at this point right now where I haven't written anything in about two months because mm-hmm. I've been so overwhelmed in pushing projects back to back and working on other stuff. So I literally just had to take some much-needed me time. But uh-huh. the thing is, I don't feel bad about it because I don't want to put out a half-behind project so I definitely been blocked, but I've actually enlisted the help of a good friend of mine who's helping me get through the blockages. So around, I say, my next book will probably be out around October 15th. It's um, actually going to be the second book to a new series that I started called, called Their Thou. Okay. Okay. So, you, um, sorry, I didn't teach you. Did you have another question? No, because I noticed uh, that's what I was trying to get to is the um, just figuring out like what the process is um, mm-hmm. for the blocking, and then you said that you have to take some me time, which was going to be my next question: is what is your self care <laughs> like? Um, because that's important when you're writing. You know what I'm saying? You get a block or whatever. So I kind of yeah. felt the block thing um, wasn't too far removed. And then um, you said your friend. So how? Important is it to have the support of the people around you when you have such an artsy kind of gift, like when you're writing. It's it's a creative process, and so, like, you can tell people, oh, the book about in three months, and in three months you'll have a book written, but that ain't the one you want to put out, so you have to <laughs> go back. <laughs> how do you deal, I mean, it, it, the support, how much does that really mean? It means everything, especially being an independent author. It's not a lot of support. So the support that I do have, especially from, you know, of course, like-minded individuals, it's crucial. It's definitely Mm -hmm. crucial. I tell some people when they're starting out, you cannot be selfish. You cannot try to do everything yourself. If not, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's just Mm -hmm. the truth right there. Like, you really just... Of course, you have to build that like knowing trust factor with people, but it's crucial that you definitely have support being an independent author. So I appreciate everyone who supports me from the biggest to the littlest things. And how did you go about building your circle? Like, did you feel like a lot of people entered and exited your life as you've been working your process? A lot of people have been exiting and entering my life. It's when I decided to let 
well, the thing was I've been in um, network marketing for quite some time, but I left that industry to pursue my writing. And it's like when I let a lot of people know whom I've connected with in, like, in the past or just reconnected with recently early in the year when I told them that I was writing full time, they were like, well, I'm writing too. And I didn't even know a lot of people who I connected with, they had publications that was already out. So I was mm. surprised. And then, you know, of course, with Instagram and the different groups on Facebook that I've been connecting with other authors and stuff, that's how I built my circle. But it's really awesome. It's the power of social media can really connect you to a lot of awesome people. Of course, you got to fill people out. You just can't let everybody in get in the circle. But I have, I have a pretty good support system. That's good. That's, that's actually, especially in something like writing. Sorry, this is cute. <laughs> Um, in something like writing, you you are vulnerable, and you do get to a space where you you feel you need to find someone that, or a group of people that that get you. I think we all need to find mm-hmm. our circle that kind of gets us. So that's yeah. it's really mm-hmm. cool to know that even when you stepped out there, when you initially said you weren't as confident, and you you know you had your your co-writing, you all you all collab together to to write your first book. Is that did I understand that correctly? You all work together to write the first book. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, you know, that that I think there's a lot of growth in that that you took, you know, the time to build your confidence and to make those cre- those connections and to build that that circle so that when you were ready to step out there, um you you had that that support. And then the way you were able to see who in, who wasn't supportive because you need those yeah. also. You need you know, you need that growth to happen with yeah. that. I the question that I was going to ask before we kind of got into the to the circle because I write. I like that. poetry is my um, is 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 my go to. It's my passion as far as you know my guilty pleasure. And I wanted to know. I like I like to tend to go into a totally different realm. I become a different person when I write certain types of poetry. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have that girl power, you know, empowerment type stuff that I like. But what is your guilty pleasure as a writer that like takes you into your zen place? Um, overall, that, that gives you your safe, you're in a block, and you want to just get out of what you've set out as far as a project or anything like that, where do you go? As, what types of space do you go into to to maybe jog yourself out of that? I find my comfort when I walk across the Brooklyn Bridge out here in New York, especially at night. It's beautiful because the city is just lit up, and it's just like it just takes me away in my biggest thing is that I actually write about 80% of my books from um, using a Microsoft Word app on my iPhone. So mm. I'm just able to mm. just jot down notes, and then it'll just come together. Or, oh, of course, my room and my house is my mm. sanctuary because it's just me and my laptop. Mm. I don't like writing on notebooks. It's like I don't like transferring stuff, so I'm like, no, I'd rather just pass it all out between my phone and my laptop. So... It's two places, my room and, of course, the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, so you, you talked about um, uh, process a little bit. You, you're a, um award-winning author. How does a person, what are, can you, what are some of the things that a person has to do uh, to get their book to that? To that status, I mean, you talked about a little bit about social media and things like that. What, uh, what were some of the things that you had to do to get to that? Because that's that's an honor. Oh, thank you. Definitely promotion. 
and um, letting people know that, you know, hey, this is my book and this is what it's about. And if people mm-hmm. resonate with it, they're going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. But um, the most the honest way that I can say people could get there is by building relationships. Like when you build authentic relationships with people, they'll support you mm-hmm. because it's you. And then in return, you're gaining a new faithful reader. Like I have a lot of pressure on me right now to get my, well, my fourth book out because a lot of people love the first book of their vows. So that's a little annoying sometimes, but it's, it's fun knowing that people are actually loving what I'm putting out. So, um, but to go back to your question is definitely build authentic relationships with people and they'll support you. Okay. Okay. So where can um, uh, somebody, if they want to find your books, where can they go? All of my books are available on Kindle and Amazon.com. You could type in my name, Shanika Nkanti. My first name is spelled S-H-A-N-I-K-Q-A. Um, my website is under construction right now, or you can follow me on Instagram at Kanti Create. Kanti Create, okay, definitely. And then now, real quick before we let you go, tell us about, Tell our listeners about a lesson learned. Um, again, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a, it sounds juicy. So yeah, tell, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, tell them about it real quick. Okay, so a lesson learned is a spinoff about my two characters, Kina and Tyler, that I wrote in my first book. I called "What's the Business of Love," and Kina and Tyler is at a point where they have to figure out what they want to do in their relationship because they're best friends that turned into business partners that ended up turning into lovers briefly. And Kina left New York to go to Florida, and now with some things happening in New York with Tyler and their company, so they have to come to a point where they're like, okay, what are we going to do because we can't continue on like this? And at the end of the book, of course, there's always a lesson that has to be learned. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, for those of you guys who have not picked up your copy of A Lesson Learned, please do so um, immediately. Um, and also, um, once you get that one and you like it, then you can also pick up um, her other books. And we are, we are, um, I won't say desperately, but we are very, we are anticipating very strongly your next project. Um, and as always, we'll continue to support you. Um, and I really, really, really am very proud of the work that you're doing. So please definitely keep up, keep it up. And um, if somebody wanted to be coached by you, how can they get a hold of you? They can send me an email at author scanty. Um, just spell. I'm going to spell it out briefly. A u t h o r s c a n t y at gmail dot com, and I'll be more than happy to assist you in your creative endeavor. Cool. All right, and um, so, if, again, if you are, get her book, and then if you are an author or someone who wants to become an author um, and needs coaching, uh, get with the Clarity Coach, and she can uh, definitely help you with that as well, too. So I appreciate you for coming on tonight. Um, and like I Thank said, again, so please, please, to all of our listeners, yeah, y'all pick up a lesson learned um, like today. Pick it up. Yes, it sounds juicy. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. All right, appreciate you. Appreciate you. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our next song. We've got uh, Man of 
Is that the next one? Is that what we doing? Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be our next. I'm going to need you not to uh, say it like that. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and play the song. Don't play the song. <laughs> All right. Man of the Year. We'll be right back after this. A lot of niggas don't keep it real no more The ones I really had love for Turn their back on me They wonder why I gotta keep that strap on me Riding through my city, gun black on me
year, I'm going to go ahead and say it. That is one of my favorite songs. I'm just going to say it. I like that song. I like that one. I do. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite cuts. I, yeah, you can ju- don't judge me. Well, I don't care if you judge me, but it is. Don't judge me. <laughs> so, so we are now going to move into our hot topic. Um, and our hot topic this week is brought to you by Curvy Kitten and Rep a Big Man Clothing. If so if you are looking for the hottest clothing for plus size men and women, then you want to purchase your Curvy Kitten and Rep a Big Man Clothing. Uh, go to www.walkwayout.com uh, and you will see men's sizes go up to 6XL and ladies' sizes go up to 4XL. Uh, support. We encourage you to support Curvy Kitten and Rent a Big Man Clothing. Again, that is www.walkwalkroyale.com and get your Rent a Big Man Clothing and Curvy Kitten Clothing uh, as well. All right, so hot topic. Uh, for those of you who are in the Scoop Facebook group, um, you've seen this topic. This topic was actually uh, posted on Saturday, um, and it says, to finish this sentence, women appreciate a man that, and then you have to finish the sentence. So this is our hot topic. I am, um, y'all know I'm I'm real, like, uh, yeah, I'm real careful on this, on these kind of, on these kind of, because I think y'all be lying. Because every time mm-hmm. we have a we have a topic like this in the group, y'all give answers like it's thoughtful, has integrity, says what he means <laughs> and means what he says. He appreciates me. He's considerate. He's helpful. He's charming. He matches her effort. Compliments. I'm like, y'all lying. Get y'all are the... all lying. And I want to be like, number one, a woman appreciates a man that has money. Period. Mm-hmm. Now, all other stuff, y'all want that too. But I don't care what y'all say. A man can be thoughtful, have integrity, says what he means. and But when the lights go out and y'all ain't got no money, Y'all are out. That's our hot topic. Tell me what you think. You trying to start something. I'm sitting here like, why he, Why do y'all truth. always come straight the for the bell? Why y'all come for me? Telling the truth. Hmm? Tell the truth. Saying the devil. Oh, Tell um, the truth. Check it out. Um, first of all, WB, you know me, and you know how many broke people I've met with. <laughs> 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 yeah, wait, wait. I have to appreciate it. Something else. In the spirit of keeping it 100, this didn't say stay with. It said they appreciate a man who. It didn't say we stayed with him. Because I appreciate, you know, see, that's what's messed up. You just don't be, you have to pay attention to the words of the question. It did not say, want to marry a man that? No. See, the first thing would have been has money and can take care of me. Okay? But you said we appreciate, uh-huh. I appreciate, you know, all this wonderfulness that's on this little post right here. I appreciate all that. But am I going mm-hmm. to stay with you? Um, no. You know, dependence? In the, in I don't the even words know that of, of, 
dude, how you communicate, how you relate to one another makes it so I can care less how many bills you pay. You can take you that checkbook and all that Ooh, and keep child. it pushing. Mm-hmm. If you don't make me feel good when it all comes down, you know, when it all comes down the wash. I see men women leave men with hella money on a daily basis because they make them feel Man. terrible. And, that, and, and, you know, and that is, is more than that. It takes more than that. So let's not dismiss the ladies with those one-line answers so quickly, sir. Just saying. I'm not laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because somebody just said. Oh, Lord. Right. Somebody said a woman appreciates a man. Let me read it. Let me read this right. This is not what the birds are uh, a woman uh, appreciates the man who can beat it out the frame. <laughs> yeah, man, yes, Lord. All right, and that's a All true right. answer, yeah. right I'm there. Instead of two shame the devil. Right. <laughs> you would have been at the top of the pyramid with that. There it is. Um, man, look, I'm like again, that's a real answer. Talk about listen. Yep. The, 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 mm-hmm. the answer that got the most that got the most likes was. Um, is what did you say? Is consistent, compassionate, confident, uh-huh. conveys his emotions as an adult, Oof. can converse in any environment, cares for and raises his children. Pause. Is that the longest answer? I said, wait. That I mean, well, is that the longest um, answer? That's the long. I mean, well, I wouldn't say it's the longest, but let me say. I mean, I'm trying to see I is put, that the I longest put, response. I mean, the way that it's posted is the longest, but I mean, don't get mad and shut down. Uh, I can't handle it. I put, I put that a woman appreciates a man who is quiet and lets her do what she wants to do. <laughs> no, please don't. Because sometimes what I want to do is not the right thing. Mm-mm. Yeah, y'all. Do that. Look, it's the truth. Another uh, uh, makes time and is patient with her, and makes her want to be a better woman than oh. she already. Is. Yeah, these are fully loaded so I, answers, fellas. If you want right. to know how your lady feel, go on to this one right here. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you what she really feels. Spontaneous she needs. text messages. Does spont- <laughs> Oh, and of course he has to cuddle. Come on now, y'all. Oh my goodness. Like- who gonna pay them bills and who gonna make sure you get what you want? And, okay, and, you and know what? Excuse me. Now I got a problem. <laughs> WB. Love and affection. How do you balance it? How do you balance it? How? If you need a you lot of money, I, truthfully, you want to be honest. But you still got a whole person. How do you balance it? It's, it's to me again. To me, balance is a seasonal issue. So I don't oh, see, I go. see balance as, I see balance, this is my answer, this is the Winfrey Burns, and I see balance as, listen, we try, this is the lifestyle that we agreed that we want to listen, we want to have. So in order to get to that lifestyle for the next two and a half, three years, we're going to have to grind, which means I'm going to pick up an extra job, I'm going to work late. You gonna work late, you know. We ain't not gonna, you know, eat, um, have have you know, you know, a lot of fast food dinners. 
So that means it's not going to be no whole lot of, you know, date nights right now. We're going to have to just, you know, suppress that for now. But instead of doing that, you know, we'll, we won't, we, instead of us being able to go out every Friday and Saturday night and walk on the beach, then listen, we got 20 minutes before we go to bed to talk, you know, for a little while, and then maybe we do it once a month. You know what I mean? So you have to, to me, we that's what balance is. We do this for, you know, for two years, and then after that, not I, exactly, Keila. Did you hear that? That's <laughs> what you said. You said and do that once a month. What is you talking about? I'm talking about what? When I say do that, I'm talking about date nights. Date nights once oh. a month. Oh, oh. I'm saying like date nights. Okay, go ahead. Carry on. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Listen, the Holy Ghost is not in that. No, no, no. Uh oh. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Jesus is not pleased. Not once a month. Oh, look. If you thought that that's what I was saying, I repeat it. I'm over here just a color, and I'm just a swiper boy, but I tell you, that's why I was thinking that. That's why I was like, wait, he said, what now? Let me, let me give you my undivided attention. What was that? No, no, I'm behind that talk. No, that's not what I said. I'm talking about date types. I'm saying that we that used to do date nights like twice a week. Some month, some month. Girl, <laughs> bye. She going to be gone in 33 days. <laughs> no, no, no. 33. 33 no, days. Because she got to get it a second time, but she gone after that. Like, I got 27 more for the next door. This is some foolishness. Yeah, no. Put some respect on it, love it. You better put some respect on it. <laughs> Back on that timetable. There will be no 30 day loving time. Crazy as hell. There ain't no way. Uh, I'm so sorry. Can't do it. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. We got to get Keisha on the line. I ain't sad with that kid in class. You're talking about a 30 day. Claire, I have something for you. together, 
Again, it's got to be buy-in together, and then and then let's make it happen. After that, I'll take listen. I'll take a struggling two years for a successful twenty years any day. Yep, I'll I'll do with it. that, I co-sign that all day. Yep. I'll do it. Okay, I'll, I'll suck up work an extra job for two years, three years. If that means we get out of debt, I ain't got to worry about you know is the car gonna stop on me today, or who is this three mm. hundred number called because I don't want to answer. This 800 number because I know it's a bill collector. Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm all missing the together because mm-hmm. I got all the other stuff. I just ain't got the two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's just that's kidding. what I, that's it's getting yeah. better. That's my. Yeah, that's my. Um. Uh, that's that's the way I see it. Matter of fact, can I have my little rant? Can I have my little rant for a second? But here's my rant. I don't yeah. know. We got a few minutes. Here's my way. We just finished our 31-day Money Mentor Makeover, right? Mm-hmm. And I am, and it was really good, by the way. It was really good. But How many graduates? My biggest, uh, it was 110 people in there. Go ahead. Right. Go so, ahead. Yeah, it was Go good. It was, it, the frustrating part is I don't think we really get, and I'm saying we as a general culture, don't get what we were just talking about. Like, we can literally spend two years of your life, like, going hard at all of this stuff, and it will transform everything else. We don't want to do that. Like, and, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not above, you know, the struggle of, you know, or excuse me, the fight to not want to do it. But in retrospect, I mean, I'm having conversations with people, and I'm like, look, you need to cut off your cable. But I don't want to cut off my cable. You need to cut off your cable because it's costing you $150 a month that you don't have. But I need my cable. No, you need. I mean, I'm literally having these types of conversations with people. Like $150 a month times 12 months a year is your credit card. But I don't want to cut off my cable. You know what I mean? So it's like those are the types of things that when I'm saying. We don't want to make those changes, those hard choices that we need to make. Listen, I'm saying, I'm telling you, I promise you, some simple changes for over a small period of time, again, cutting off your cable, um, making adjustments to, um, you know, I don't know, it depends on the person. But, you know, not buying coffee every day at, at Starbucks because Dunkin' Donuts, is, I, can't, I can't say that. But, you know, just it's like, that's, <laughs> seriously, 100 just your cable. Average cable is a hundred. And average cable bill in this country is one hundred twenty-five dollars a, a home. That's over oh, the course the of a year. That's fifteen hundred dollars. That's fifteen hundred dollars a year. And then if you take your, you know, let's say you cut your cable, you know, you cut your, you know, maybe something, something else, whatever. That's that's three hundred dollars a month that you can save, which is three thirty-six hundred dollars a year. That is a credit card for most people. But we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. And then we, and then it's like, I want more money. I want. And I'm like, no, you don't. Well, you want to be comfortable. And again, if we can be uncomfortable for a little while, we can we can really make some changes. We can really make some changes. We ain't got to keep having these asinine conversations about about. How buying Jordans is the root of all evil in our community. Man, it is not. Like, it is so. Not. It's not. It's, it's a shoe. Shut up. 
I mean, again, it's, the process, it's the mindset that you have to have the Jordans overpaying your bills is the thing that's killing us. As oh, that's even worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, and again, I'm not. It I'm ain't the Jordans. Jordan day in my life. But that's just because I don't think they're a comfortable shoe. That's just me. Right. I have fat feet, yep. and they're not some fat people with fat feet. So, okay. But again, I, but, but. <laughs> but I'll buy some Johnson and Murphy's. You know what I mean? But again, yeah. but that's the only one I can. And so yeah, we just gotta do better, y'all. We gotta do better. And I want pe- I want us to do better. I want to be a the challenge. I just we I want want that's alright, we're gonna do another one. We about to do another one. When? Um soon. I don't know yet. Listen. <laughs> I, I just ended this one today, but no, it'll be real soon. Mm-hmm. Now that's so a challenge we all should do together. Yeah. Yep. But it's all good. We'll get to it. We're gonna we're gonna work. I'm gonna keep we're gonna keep working. And I got another one that's coming too. Uh, I got another one that's coming. I think that's gonna be real interesting um, because I think especially that's specifically designed for my people of faith because you know there are a lot of people of faith Christian people who really don't have who really are afraid of money. Um, and and so I'm going to do one specifically for them um, to really get them to understand that, like, God is okay with you having money. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a sin. It's a right. It's a right. Prosperity is a part of your birth, right? Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to hell because you have money. I understand the Bible says that it's, you know, you get for the rich man to go through the house of needles and to get into the kingdom. I know that's what it says. I get it. I get it. I know. I know what it means. I, I got it. But yeah, it's okay for you to have some money. You don't have to be broke and poor. It's, you don't have to. So, all right, that was my rant for tonight. That was my rant. I'm done. Good one. We, that was a worthy rant. rant. I'm with it. <laughs> you get an A minus. Yeah. Appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. So. <laughs> All right. Um, what else we got? Um, oh yeah, we were talking about what men want. So what do y'all really want? Just tell the truth. Somebody said they want. Somebody. Said, I ain't gonna read that. I ain't gonna read that. Read it. No, please. You, I can't you read started that. it. My well, mama. Yeah. My mama might be listening to this. If she's <laughs> listening, it's too late. <laughs> she your mama. She know. <laughs> she been there. Done she didn't listen to the show before. Yeah, that's true. Read that's, it. Listen, my my mother does not do that. Um. They they said they want the D and some chocolate. That's what they appreciate a man who gives them that. To be in the chocolate, physically in the chocolate. No, 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 no. no. And look, dang, Kiva. Hello, chocolate. Look, I'm in Mama mode, and I'm like, what? They look physically in the chocolate. Wow, that had me not thinking. Very on. And I appreciate those answers more so than I do. You just have to be caring. No. No. It's but more than that. Maybe that's, it, it ain't always more than that for every woman. I'm okay. sorry. Whatever. It's more than that. What? Mm. And I, again, and I all say things whatever. There must be balanced. I think we as women have forgotten that you all know that we want sex and need it just as much as y'all do. So you all get irritated when you don't hear us express that. So it always, it sometimes seems as though it's not genuine. 
Whereas we want to be seen as more than just physical all the time, so we have to feel the need to emphasize all things that are not physical to remind you that there is a woman behind the body. So we have to remember that you all fall in love with the body and the mind, but just don't seem to express the love for the mind nearly as enthusiastically as you do for the body, but it does not mean that there is not a love there. And we as women have to recognize that you all do love the mind and don't need us harping about how intelligent and awesome and wonderful and supportive and caring we are all the time. Because you know that. Sometimes you just want us to get naked. Like, there has to be balance. Yep. Has to be yep. balance. Just do it. Totally. Just do it. I guess that's my rant for the night. <laughs> and then that's Look, just do it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to rant, but. <laughs> I just there's this young lady who, um, I think this is probably the best thing she could have ever done. I think more people, uh, stylists, should do this. But she uh, launched a mobile hair salon service for Black women. So instead of you having to go to the shop, sit down, wait an hour to get back and get shampooed, and then wait day. Customize your uh, time so that they come to your house and they do your styling right where you want them to meet you. Nice. I think this is wonderful. This is just wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because it almost gives you like the I have my own personal stylist feeling, you know. Mm -hmm. But it also, it does cut down your time because. Going to the hair salon, as I recall back in the day when I used to, before I learned just how to do it myself, um, it took me like four, four or five hours out of my day for something that mm-hmm. if they was just working on me would have been like an hour and 20, maybe an hour and a half, depending on if I had to go up under the trial or not, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is a beautiful business. More people should do it. And mm-hmm. she is in the New York area. Yeah, so, I think that's an area I think that's the area. I mean, we had remember we had uh, the one guy who got the barbershop. I think you're gonna we're gonna probably see a lot more of those. <clears throat> right, because he had a traveling barbershop. It was like a uh, yeah, 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 like a food truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the overhead is so much lower, so why not? It's a genius idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, convenience and low cost. Very. Because so you're not paying Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, it's very low cost because you're not paying booth rent per se. And you own this so it can go wherever you need, you know, wherever you need to go. And I have everything I need. I love it. I have maintained so many of my clients over the years simply because they prefer the comfort of going to a home, being able to relax, not having 50 people come in and out and see you in your different stages of cute or not so cute. They like being able to have that comfort of being there, knowing that they're the only ones being serviced. They don't have to watch this chick under the bowl, this one going to the dryer. You see everybody's clients done before you. Like people, excuse me, are over that whole experience. That used to be, in a way, what we used to go for. You know, you get to go, you be with your girls, y'all chat it up, this, that, and the other. No, now we are moving. Time is of the essence. I don't have time to sit and watch you do your whole clientele before me. The double booking, the 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 um, lack of consideration of time for the client 
that day and age has come and gone. So, like, now stylists have had to be innovative in how they book and maintain their clients, especially with the way that natural hair has started to boom. Like, women don't have time for that, and now they're learning how to do their own hair. Like Keisha said, and myself, like, I'm only, I think in my whole 32 years of life, I might have frequented the, the hair salon consistently maybe a year and a half my whole life. And that was just to maintain a haircut because I have never ever understood, especially once I started to do hair, why it took so long to have one particular service done for a client. Like, it's easily fixed, but it's the need for the money and the stacking because in that particular industry, there's so many no-call, no-shows. You know, there's been a, a history of that built up. There's a, there's a stigma around it. So to safeguard yourself, to make your money, you have to make sure that you have people in your chair. But in that lacking the service, you know, the customer service part of that gets completely blown out of the water. So I agree, Keisha, we'll see a lot more of these types of businesses show up because there's a need, supply and demand. You know, there's a time where you still want that pampered process, but you do not want the inconvenience of watching every woman on the block get pampered before you. Like that takes away the full, that takes away the total experience when you are now frustrated because you've been here for four hours. That makes no sense. I think yeah, it looks like a whole new female when I, I come out that, of here four hours later. I don't need to look like me anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that um we I think that we both there's both a market for both. You know, because there's always gonna be that high end market in any area, mm-hmm. in any business that wants that one on one and will pay for it. But then there's mm-hmm. also gonna be that you know, like you were saying, Q that that um more retail type of business where people are want to just get in and get out. And for that person, really this kind of business uh, is kind of, can, can be for both because, you know, if you want to do your, um, you know, book your clients to where it's just them and, you again, you come to them and they're going to pay you more money for it, go for it. But if, they, mm-hmm. if you're trying to, like you said, just get in and get out and you want to have all the chairs in your, um, your, traveling, your traveling hair salon, then you can do that too. So I mean, it's 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 a it's a need for both, and I think, like I said, because of the nuance of being able to travel, and like I said, having the low cost, and if you're in there by yourself, you don't have to worry about booth rent. It's just literally, nope. you know, having people in your your own seat, um, and not having the overhead of the shop. So it's cool. It's a really, it's, I think, it's a really good con- concept, and um, you know, salute to to the sisters doing it. Definitely. So. Um, before we go real quick um, into um, into final words, also, we did lose um, a great person, um, a good person for our culture this week, um, uh, Dr. Dr. C.B., we lost him this week, and so uh, that we definitely want to send our condolences to his, to, oh Lord, to his family. Um, the, the way it happened, let me say this, the way it happened, you know, I, I haven't read enough about it to to make a statement, but I do think that him getting arrested like that was, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't know what happened. I find that. nothing so, okay yeah. with this whole situation. <laughs> they had already been putting it out there. Okay, look, I ain't no conspiracy theorist, but I'm just say this about a year ago. Um, there were a few doctors who were practicing. Um, just strict natural healing. Holistic understand medicine. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, holistic medicine is about the whole body. But uh, the mm-hmm. natural straight, nothing that is chemically processed, none of that, 
straight natural, straight from nature, come straight from the, you know, uh, and and they were coming up dead and missing. So I'm just gonna say, you know, do a little research. You make your own mind up. I'm just gonna drop that little seed right there. You should look into those matters. Because I don't sure. think that that's, um, uh, uh, and then considering the number of individuals who he did not, uh, what what do we call it? Uh, God. Uh, we, they, he didn't provide them medicine so they could maintain while sick. He cured them. You know, mm. it was a big difference. There's no evidence and never coming back from diseases um, that are very profitable here. So, you know. I'm going to just say, that's crazy. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No. yeah. So, yeah. For Ted's family, we do give our uh, condolences. Definitely, definitely, definitely condolences yes. to the family. Because, um, yeah. And the followers. You know, for whatever it's worth, the brother was very, was definitely uh, for, you know, trying to do his thing. So, we definitely want to, yeah, we'll be missed. This has been a weird year, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's been a weird year. As my grandmother, as my great grandmother would say, folks is dying that would never have never died before. And <laughs> evidently, that didn't work. That's what she said. She's like, but grandma, of course they didn't. But yeah, but you knew what she meant. Um, so, mm-hmm. She, uh, she was probably a, a Tupac fan. Probably, yeah. If you knew my grandmother, mm-hmm. definitely, probably, yeah. Yeah, among yeah. other things. She was definitely a thug. She hasn't thug in But um, that was my grandmother. I love it. But, yep. All right. So let's go ahead and do these final words real quick, and then we're going to uh, keep it moving. So start us off, Miss Takesha. Um, my final words for tonight, research everything. Don't believe anything. No. <laughs> um. But, yeah, enjoy life and take your nuggets as they come because they come from many, many, many different places. And be willing and able to make the changes to produce the outcomes you're requesting um, from life. That's what I'm going to say. Night-night. All right. All right. I am going to... Um, and with, again, I'm going to invite everyone to come out to the Crazy Love Community Care pop-up um, this Saturday, August 13th, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, it is at, I have the address now, 1148 Northeast 36th Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73111. Um, there will be all kinds of different uh, we have 40 grab bags. We have our crazy love bags that will be available that will have exclusive coupons from each vendor um, for items there at the pop-up so you get to shop while you drop at a cheaper price for um, during this pop-up shop. And we will have all kinds of vendors available here with um, from the Oklahoma City area, primarily women um, and black-owned businesses. So come out and support. Again, that's this Saturday, August 13th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 1148 Northeast 36th Street in Oklahoma City at the Ice Event Center and Grill. Awesome. All right, so my final words Mm -hmm. are, of course, thanks to uh, ladies. Thank you uh, for all that you do um, with the show and helping and uh, hosting as well. I appreciate you. Um, I also want to say thank you to our guest, uh, Shanika Candy. Please, please go 
again and pick up her book, um, A Lesson Learned, and her other books on Amazon, as well as if you need coaching, um, clarity coaching around writing, hit her up. Um, she's very good at what she does, and, um, and yeah, so we want to definitely support her. Also, shout out to uh, Fan the Connect Man and When I Want yeah. To. That is definitely uh, a hot song, so definitely you want to go and pick that up um, from him as well. It's Fan, P-H-A-N, the Connect, K-O-N-N-E-C-T, man. Um, so you can go to our social media page, um, Global Drive, and get a link to his page. on iTunes. His music, mm-hmm. and it is on, I- on iTunes as well. So, um, yeah. So do that as well. And then uh, what else I got? What else I got? What else I got? Make sure you support Kinky and Classy. Make sure you support Kirby um, yes. Kitten, Ren and Big Man Clothing. Make sure you support uh, Elegance by Design. Elegance by Design. So make sure you guys support um, all of our businesses um, as well. And we definitely appreciate eight of you guys. Last but definitely not least, for those of you all who listened, we really, really appreciate you. Um, as always, you guys are the real MVP. So you can always uh, email us, inbox us uh, for things you want us to talk about um, or questions or comments that you might have about the show. We appreciate it, and we want to hear from you um, all the time. Um, what else? Monday nights, don't forget the Woman Cave with Candace Payne and Tina Reed. Um, you guys want to tune in, uh, start at 9 o'clock. Uh, Central Standard Time, Tuesday nights, of course, school um, here at 8 o'clock, and then Wednesday night. Don't forget, we have the word on Wednesdays with Pastor Burns Sr. That's at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. If you miss any one of our shows, you can always go to um, the Global Drive Facebook page and get the links, or go directly to blogtalkradio.com, search for Global Drive Network. If you subscribe to us, then you will get sent the links to every show that we have um, each week, um, and those links can also be used to hear of the show. So uh, we want you guys to stay involved, um, and again, uh, be on the lookout for some more things that we've got coming up. So we hope you guys have a good week, um, and we will talk to you guys later. Why not?